0: <clears throat> Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Episode 9 of the OOFTA Podcast. I'm Jordan Rudolph. I am joined by Coach Extraordinaire, Coach Emily O'Connor. She's with me today, as always. We are on Episode 9, creeping into the end of Season 1, somewhere in the next few episodes. Um, and, yeah, we, we're happy to have you joining us for for a ninth installment of the OOFTA Podcast. Em, how are you doing?
1: I am good. Uh, how about yourself?
0: I'm doing well. We are we're recording this talking the day after Memorial Day, so we're fresh off of a three day weekend. Um, we hope everybody else enjoyed their Memorial Day weekend. I know we're going to be a week after when you're hearing this, but right. we still hope you were you were all able to enjoy it like we did as well. I hope that you enjoyed yours as well. I know we caught up for a yeah. for a beer or two.
1: Yeah, it was good. We got to, Brock and I went out and golfed. Um, I didn't do too bad I felt pretty good actually about where I'm at for only the second time out this season um so that was always fun I like golfing in uh Pine Creek and La Crescent is one of my my faves because it's pretty pretty low-key wasn't too too busy um which was good
0: yeah I think Mandy's gonna be reaching out to you soon to uh see if you want to go hit range balls and go golfing and trying to get some people together like Mama Julie and uh Morgan Oh yeah. Uh, I was gonna say Rhonda. Rhonda's not here any, uh, in in town anymore, but right. Um, she she's kind of at that like she, she 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 wants to start doing this more, and she wants to start doing it with people that she know kind of does it with her too.
1: Right. Yeah. That'd be fun. Get a whole group of people mm-hmm. going. And yes Hit range walls and stuff.
0: Yeah. She's excited to Again. get back on that train. Start hitting balls again. Nice. What are we talking about today, Em? What are we on for uh, episode nine?
1: Yeah. So our trending fitness topic, we are diving into a little bit of the proper way to warm up uh, and prepare for a workout. From a nutrition side, we are diving into uh, staying on track. So like how to stay on track with your diet, kind of celebrating small wins, getting into a little bit of goal setting and realistic kind of expectations around that. Uh, And then our main topic, we are talking about the best recovery methods, uh, a.k.a. probably diving into sleep mostly on that realm, uh, but also touching on some other ones as well.
0: Cool. There's a couple of these topics we've kind of built together, like these episodes we've kind of built together to kind of almost match, almost be different. Um, but there's some that we've kind of put together. There's some of these topics that we've kind of put together that that should flow pretty well uh, from one to the other. I think if you guys have ca- probably caught on that before uh, as well. But uh, a quick reminder before we dive in, please make sure that there's at least a little bit of an attempt to download or stream from that Apple Podcast because we I I. I I don't, I don't want to pay to check, but I think we're at like 105 mm-hmm. or 106 if the guy, yeah, we're almost in the top 100, which is pretty cool. Like there's some pretty big names, even in like the top 90, which I think it would just be cool to have us like even in that. Right. right. I just want to see it on that chart. So however you're listening, we appreciate you. But if you do have Apple podcast account or Apple account, we do appreciate a little bit more if you do it from that. Because <laughs> it helps us <laughs> out. a little. Just it a looks little. a little, yeah, it looks a little bit better on our end as we're trying to grow this thing. Um, but I think we're over like five, no, what was it, 400 downloads altogether, yeah. like total, something like that, which is nice. kind of cool. Yeah.
1: And downloads doesn't count streams, so that's pretty downloads cool, Downloads does too. not
0: count streams, yeah. Downloads does not so count So also streams. hit
1: that download button wherever you're listening to it.
0: <laughs> yeah, then you don't have to worry about internet connection. Also true. And it's a quick download because it's only audio. Yeah. Um, anyways, let's, let's, uh, let's dive in. We'll go to the fitness topic. We'll jump right into that. Um, proper warm-up. And warm-ups... Are something that when we refer to this, it is, we we even we even ask people to do a little bit of a proper warm up before they go for a walk, mm-hmm. because walking can be a source, a pr- a most underrated source of exercise. If you paid attention to episode two, one episode one episode one, meet your host. It was yeah. yeah, it was fitness. Yeah, it was that one. Um, so we even have people do it like that, but the warm up is meant to uh, get your body physically and your mind activated or prepped for what you're about to do and you should have it whatever it is it should be a higher heart rate by the time you're done maybe a little glisten of sweat but your body should already feel better from your warm-up and it could be something that's five minutes it could be something that's maybe 15 but anything over 15s you're doing like that might be just kind of like a recovery workout like at that point it might not really be doing a warm-up but it should help you be ready for what you're about to do and it should help you do that whatever you're about to do better Whatever it is, activity, regardless.
1: Yeah, I like that um, kind of reframe and thinking. I always think of it in terms of, I know we have a lot of teachers here at the gym or professors in terms of like writing an essay, right? So, like the warm up is the introduction part. And the introduction is always kind of tells you what's to come. So, our warm up in the same note, in addition to elevating the heart rate, kind of preparing you for what's to come, we kind of look at what we want to be in the body of the workout or the body of the essay and then we write that introduction from that. So when we're looking at like, oh, what do I need to include in my warm up? A good place to start is kind of thinking, okay, what am I doing today? And that can sometimes help dictate how to warm up, right? It's not just moving for moving's sake. A warm up is really putting intention behind whatever the movements are that we're including and then kind of going from there.
0: Yeah, we call our warm up here at Unity something specific called a RAMP, R-A-M-P. It stands for Range of Motion Activation Movement Prep. So the range of motion, we wanna get our body, the areas of our body moving in the right direction the way they're supposed to be moving. So thoracic spine, we gotta get that extended, we gotta get that rotating. Uh, Ankles, we gotta get those warmed up. We wanna get our hips warmed up, internal, external rotation, flexion, extension. Um, that, those are kind of like the big ones in terms of like the mobility aspect and then we want to make sure the body is activated. We want to get the glutes activated. We want to get the abs activated. We want to get your scap and postural stabilizers activated, your shoulder blade muscles, um, a little bit more of your core muscles, just all those postural things that can kind of get turned off by uh, the way we sit, what we're doing that day. Uh, maybe if we're fresh out of bed, you know, we're, our body's not quite ready. We get activated and then the movement prep is what emily was just referring to it it, it, it's it's more of a specific thing that gets you ready for what you're about to do we can even get that more specific for the person if we screen or assess the person when they start here at unity to have that be more specific towards them and their overall movement which we do with everybody uh, to help them out that way too so range of motion activation movement prep let's get the body moving and getting in the moving in the right directions get everything loosened up and then we activate, make sure our, our uh, activators, our muscles are working. Again, primary ones are usually scap stabilizers, postural stabilizers, core muscles, and glutes. And then we we, we get you prepped for what you're about to do.
1: Yeah, I want to kind of backtrack, like laying out kind of the physical and preparing the body, but... Right when we started this, you also talked about kind of that mental preparation behind the warm-up, too. Mm-hmm. And I think that can be equally as important, if not more important, kind of allowing yourself to break out of the routine of your day and dial into what you're about to do. So those exercises, while they target the mobility, the stability, the re- the movement preparation, right, all the different physical things, they also allow us at the same time to check out of whatever stressors we might have had before we walked in the door of the gym and kind of focus on what we are about to do. What is the workout coming up? And sometimes that can be just those exercises can do that. I know both of us have kind of utilized like the five to seven minutes, like just hop on some cardio and flush out the legs a little bit, warm up the body, especially in the frigid cooler months. Uh, even, Even that can kind of help just break out of Hey, I've been sitting all day. I've been at the computer. I've been, you know, running around doing errands, whatever the situation might be. And that can really just set the stage for hey, I'm going to get my mind dialed in by just doing this thing that doesn't require very much attention and thought before I do the things that require the attention and thought.
0: There are a lot of times that a warm up is almost that thing that makes or breaks the person's workout just in terms of I, I was I didn't really want to come in here today, I didn't really feel good today, my body wasn't really up to it. You go through the warm-up and all of a sudden the person's feeling better and they're mentally better. Mm-hmm. The exercise is medicine. Movement is medicine. So a lot of times that warm-up is just the dose it's 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 kind of that right dose to help the mind get ready, help the body feel better, it gets endorphins going, some adrenaline going. And just kind of clears the air a little bit helps your body start moving in better lubricates the joints right helps your, helps your body start moving in those right directions where mentally then it helps you just get more focused and dialed in like there's some mm-hmm. things that happens and a lot of times we know that we warm up if we do this stuff long enough we warm up to get to that point so as good as it is for the body physically it is just as good mentally and sometimes that's that part where you 're not feeling motivated to do a workout that day you're not you're not feeling like you're gonna be ready for it you do the you do the ramp you do your warm-up and it changes everything and you're and you're ready to go in and it's just it's the it's the simple flip of a switch but it's it's that certain threshold that your body almost reaches where the warm-up your, your warm-up away from a great workout right is, is kind of where I'm going with this and that's that's kind of sometimes all you need to do just five ten minutes of start warming up start doing something and then you'll realize like oh like I actually feel pretty good. I can keep going a little bit more.
1: Right. Yeah, it's definitely that thing. Like, it's like that transition period, right? Like, you're coming in. You don't really feel it. But as soon as you start moving with a little bit of intention behind your movement, like we said in the beginning, maybe the body starts feeling better. Things actually don't feel as tight as they did when you first walked in the door, right? It kind of sets that groundwork, like you were saying, for that workout that is to come. Um, And without it, you know, we're kind of putting ourselves right at a disservice right off the bat before we even pick up a weight necessarily
0: yeah it shouldn't it shouldn't really last you longer than 15 or 20 minutes sometimes it can but it shouldn't right then that, that's getting into like a little bit excessive a little bit too much right and sometimes people need a little bit of that right depending on where they're at depending on on, on body structure condition everything else like sometimes we do creep into that realm ideally we're in that 10 minutes, give or take three range, right? I always think Mm -hmm. like seven to 13 is kind of like the nice range for that. Um, You should be, you should have an elevated heart rate. It doesn't have to be beating fast, but it should be elevated. Maybe a touch, maybe a touch more of a resting uh, breathing rate. Um, You should feel better. Maybe a little bit of sweat. Um, If you go into more of a dynamic thing, there's a little bit more speed involved, a little bit more work involved, then there's definitely some elevated heart rate and stuff, but that gives your, gets your body ready for what you're about to do. Um, the more movement prep based you get, the more, the more dynamic the warmup gets, which then again, out of breath, sweaty, a mm-hmm. little bit of elevated heart rate, but it ultimately gets you ready for what you're about to do and, and, and uh, does all of those things from a neurological, a mental, and a physical standpoint. The other thing that I wanted to make sure we touched on, and sometimes this goes, it's not really a warm up, but it still is, it kind of is in that weird realm of movement prep and warm up and warm up sets or working sets. If you're doing a heavy lift that day or a heavy primary exercise, you shouldn't just walk into that and do your first set at that given weight for that rep. So. I've always thought about it, and I think we kind of do this at Unity too, anything below six reps, six reps or less, should have probably a warm-up set or be treated, or at least that first six-rep set should be treated almost like a warm-up um, because the intensity is getting in that level of strength and power, and the body will respond better when it has more recruitment and more feedback rather than just going from A to Z if there's like, kind of like that middle ground where we can kind of get that body prepped. So we'll do warm-up sets, sometimes two, uh, to get the person ready for their primary lift. The body and the brain respond best to that, too. Research has shown that. It does not show very well. We'll just jump in. If you're deadlifting 200 pounds, like, for example, we had a lady do 200 pounds for five reps this morning. I don't know if you heard Kay.
1: I, I heard the bell. Heard I didn't bell. have a chance to ask her what she did.
0: KC, she uh, she hit a new PR nice. uh, today. 500 pounds on a deadlift for five reps. Or 200 pounds on a deadlift for five reps. Yeah. Um, Looked good too. Looked really nice. good, and and uh, yeah, she so she rang the PR bell, but she didn't just jump in to that set. She knew she was going to be testing at two hundred, and the first warm up set said fifty percent. So they did their first set at hundred pounds. Mm-hmm. Then they did their second one at like 120, 125, and then they built up to that that test out. It was right. it was cool. She even that's like awesome. I even heard them talking about the math today. I'm like yes, like they yeah. did the warm up sets right.
1: Yeah, that's good. I I think those warm up sets are easily kind of overlooked but just like your warm-up for the rest of your workout can kind of set the stage like get the kinks out we don't want to be getting the kinks out at 200 pounds on your first lift yeah like we'd rather get it out like personally i always do a set like just the bar straight like if i'm doing a squat like i'll just grab the bar i know then what that feels like i'm like okay i can tell my ankles a little bit more tight today or my hips are this like maybe i do another warm-up ankle mobility before I then load up the bar heavier and it's much safer and also easier but more importantly safer to kind of get those kinks out at a lower weight that you know on any given day you can lift instead of coming in and being like you know what I'm just gonna go right up to that 200 and go for it right
0: and we even we go even beyond the gym like let's just talk about a quick a person going for a five-mile run yeah a six-mile run 10-mile run 20 mile bike ride like should a person just jump on a bike and go or should they do a little bit of prep work for their, right? I think the for longer, sure. the longer or more intense, kind of two ways to look at this. The longer your workout is, or the more intense your workout is, mm-hmm. the more you need the warm up. in my yep. mind, right? Like Agreed. that's like the more, like the more harm you're doing, You the harm you're doing to your body if you don't do the warmth. And I don't mean you're gonna get hurt. I just mean you're performance wise and not feeling right. as good. So the longer the workout or the exercise or the run or the, or the bike ride, whatever it is, mm-hmm. or the more intense, the more you should have the warm-up prior to.
1: Agreed. Yeah, I think those, in that case, like outside the gym, it's even easier to overlook that warm-up because you're like, oh, I'm just hopping on my bike, going to go. But you might go bike for 25, 30, 40 miles, or like you might go run. Even if you do, say, a three-mile run, each step you take, you're hitting at three, roughly three times your body weight, I think is what they've they've shown in in the research, kind of depending on how you hit and things like that
0: but you're a good runner
1: three three times your body weight each step average that out maybe six thousand ish it's like two thousand steps a mile roughly walking so it's a little bit different it's like 1500
0: for running right yeah i
1: think it's less um so when you think of all that and all that load you're getting that's similar to coming in and just lifting 200 pounds off the floor without you know any warm-up sets so the ability to kind of Gauge into that, see how the body's feeling, prepare the body to take on that load is, like you said, increasingly more important the longer that workout or run or bike ride is going to be.
0: Yeah, I always think of like a sporting event, like you don't show up to a basketball game or a football game or start watching football or something like that on TV and, and just typically you don't see them just jump right into the game. You might jump right into the game at noon, right, when when, when it's kickoff, but those guys are there like two or three hours prior to getting warmed up and getting yeah. ready for play. So they they know that that type of physical activity, like their body needs to be prepped at all all cylinders doing that. So don't undervalue the warm-up. Again, the longer, the more intense the workout is or the exercise session is, the more you should be warming up, the more you should need it. Um, And again, elevated heart rate, range of motion, activation, a little bit of prep for what you're doing, uh, a little bit of stuff like that should go a long way.
1: All right. Ready to dive into the nutrition side of things?
0: Already. What are we talking about?
1: Uh, We have how to stay on track with your diet. Uh, And then I know we wanted to tie in kind of finding wins within that um, kind of aspect as well. So getting into summer, we're traveling a lot more. We're outside, more activities. Uh, It's like that in non-Wisconsin climates in all times of the year. But I know in, in Wisconsin, that obviously ramps up. As the weather gets nicer Uh, and that can bring increasing challenges if we're trying to stay on a consistent dietary intake whether that be a calorie deficit whether that be eating enough protein whether that be focusing on veggies all of those different goals can become increasingly more difficult when we're out of the normal quote-unquote normal routine of our everyday life so how best Jordan, can we stay on track with our diet, regardless of what it is, during kind of that busier time?
0: My answer to this is three threefold. Of course it is. Can't be that simple. <laughs> well, it's never going to be one part. No, but it it's threefold. It's you got to get out of the all or none thinking. Um, that's one. Yep. Number two, we have to have some sort of. Um, How do I want to say this without being like, I wanted to really paraphrase this. So get out of the all or none thinking, number one. Number two is have some sort of parameter or some sort of gauge on stuff that you can do, like that you're still able to do to kind of support the goal. Mm -hmm. And then three is keep track of that. Because the key, and I'll get into each one of them as we can kind of go through. So... All around thinking, we've talked about that in another episode, it's diabolical to your sustainable success and your long-term goals. All around thinking is why we stop things quick. That's why we have too much expectation. We don't know. It just gets us in a lot of trouble. It's the search for perfection which is unfair to both you and your journey and the goals and everything else. You just got to stop. You got to get out of all around thinking. Go back to an episode and listen to that thing because I'm not going to touch base on it anymore besides telling you you need to stop. You need to stop. You need to stop. You need to stop. Need to stop. It is what's killing you right now. Secondly then, you need to gauge it back. And this is where having something that you're able to do and you still can do helps a lot. So you don't have to be perfect every day, but you should still have something that you can do every day. If, if, for an example, we have two ladies that are doing a challenge here right now together. They're challenging each other to help each other out a lot in their uh, next six weeks. Um, If they can't, their goal is to make it into the gym four days a week. If they can't make it into the gym, or so four days a week in the gym, the other three days during the week, they're supposed to get 10,000 steps. If they miss a workout in the gym, they have to do 10,000 steps that day. So any day they don't go to the gym, they have to do 10,000 steps. It's like a get out of the workout free card. Get out of cardio free card is the 10,000 steps. They don't have to run it, they can just walk it, but they have to at least get those steps in. So if getting into the gym some weeks is hard, four times is pretty hard for a lot of people, they can just walk. They just have to find time to walk and get 10,000 steps. Should be able to do that in about, what did you, what did you say? A mile was um, two, A, a two, mile two is thousand. roughly 2,000. And it's about 20 minutes a mile is roughly the average yeah. pace. So roughly an hour will get you three quarters or more of the way there, mm-hmm. roughly. Um, so throughout the day. Right, That doesn't have to be an hour walk. You can do three 20-minute walks, four 15-minute walks, and you already are three-quarters of the way there amongst your other steps. So you have to break down something, that that gauge that you're able to do, realistically able to do. The last thing that I wanted to kind of touch on is the tracking, and that's to show that you're actually doing something to help you out. It's to show show your brain that you're still on track, that you're still dialed in, that you're still focused, and you're still moving forward because you're focusing on the positives. Because a lot of times you guys know it, I know it, we all do this, we'll focus on the negatives, we'll focus on what we're not doing. So when you can keep track of what you're doing and what you're able to do, that will help you be more on track or wanting to kind of keep going towards that. That little other piece of this tracking part is that you are paying more attention to small wins and the small victories and the little stuff. The big rocks are already kind of in play, Let's, and the little rocks will we'll get there too, but these big rocks will kind of be taken care of by focusing on some little rocks now. And then it also goes and ties into a little bit of gratitude. And I think that gratitude piece is how we stay on track too. Like we have to be appreciative of how far we've come and what we've done. Nothing can take away from that work. We just talked about that in the last episode of like in supplements and programs, like you have to give yourself credit where credit's due. You still have to give yourself credit for the hard work that you're putting in and be proud of that. So we can touch on any one of those three, but I want to get your take on this too.
1: Yeah, I think for from my kind of experience, either personally or working with people, I like what you said. I think a lot of it boils down to adjusting your expectations and making sure that those expectations are realistic for what you're going into, right? So if you're going into family say it's a family reunion you have one family reunion every five years it's a one-time event this might be an event where we say hey you know what I know that I'm probably gonna under eat vegetables I'm probably gonna consume a few more beers or alcohol drinks of choice than perhaps I normally would but this is my expectation I know this going in instead of going in thinking like I'm gonna be perfect I'm going to avoid every single temptation that might cross my path And then ultimately setting yourself up to either, if you do succeed, you might feel confident, but more likely than not, there will be something that throws you off of that perfection, like Jordan was talking about with the all or nothing thinking. So kind of looking at what you have coming up, where you are, and adjusting those expectations accordingly. On the flip side, you might say, oh, we always go out to eat, say, you know, I have three social events where I'm going out to eat this week. I recognize that it's unrealistic for me to just go all out, order whatever I want, not care about vegetables, not care about protein, not care about water, not really going to set me up for success in reaching my goals. So I'm going to make sure that like I know I have these three things. I'm going to make sure I control the variables outside of that, as well as within that prioritizing vegetables, protein, water, etc. Those big rocks that we know work and that will help us reach whatever the goal may be, right? We might have to adjust here or there. But when we go into a out-of-routine event with those expectations already adjusted for our success, whatever those, you know, those small wins that we want to achieve, those small goals are, we are already Setting ourselves up for better success to stay on track, um, whatever on track might look like, right?
0: What do you see from working with people here and in your in in, in your previous in your career? What do you where do you see most people fall off track? Why do you why do you think most people fall off track?
1: I think it comes down to lack of like either lack of preparation or like mismanaged expectations, like the expectation of. Oh, I'm going to go to a birthday party that only happens once a year and I'm not going to have any cake at all, right? Mm -hmm. That's probably an unrealistic expectation. Or the lack to prepare and say, hey, I know I'm going to go to the birthday party. It's a potluck. I'm going to make sure I personally bring a salad so I know I can have some vegetables while I'm there. Or I know you know i'm going to go out to eat later i know i'm going to control and get in protein a little bit earlier in the day and then make protein my first option when eating out so kind of that preparation ahead of time and or kind of those mismanaged expectations where we almost overestimate what we can do instead of being realistic with
0: ourselves i think the i think the preparation thing is massive because how many times have we heard that so we, we we check on somebody like every week, you know whatever it is. Then we check on them like we have a person that's like really oh, I want to I, I I'm I care a lot right now. I want to lose ten pounds right, and then and, and it happens and we're like okay like good like it yeah we're happy to help. What can we help with? Um, what can we do to help you stick with this? Because mm-hmm. we know like this has been I think we've heard from you seventeen times. Let's make sure that it sticks. Like I don't I I, I don't want to have this go through one more time. And, uh, a lot of times it, it the, the preparation thing where they we check in them the following week. Oh yeah. I had a, I went out with some friends on Thursday night. Uh, oh yeah. But didn't you go out Tuesday night too after the class? Oh yeah. I went out Tuesday night too. So did you know you were going to go out Tuesday night? Well, yeah, it was taco Tuesday. Did you know Thursday night was coming along? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I think I did. And then what'd you do this weekend? Well, I went, and visited with my family, had a birthday party, babysat my grandkids, whatever it is. So we ate a lot of cake. We went out to eat again. So, like, so you went out to eat three times last week plus a birthday party that you were eating somewhere else. Like, did you know any of that was on your schedule? And they did, but they didn't prepare for it. They didn't even mm. – they, they, they. all it took was 30 seconds to realize, like, ooh, maybe I should try to cancel one of those meals or I need to eat really well during Probably. one or two of those meals. Mm-hmm or look ahead of time, like just a little bit of proactivity could go a long way. The preparedness just crushes people, right? Because they're so busy in what they do that they're not paying attention to what is about to be happening. And they almost live like by the minute.
1: Right, well, and then you get in a situation where often these things happen, we don't often have breakfast. So it's often at the end of the day, we're tired of making decisions by that point. Yep. You had a long day, right? We talked about a couple episodes ago about breakfast, where we do have the most control there uh, oftentimes. So by the time we get to these outings that are, you know, afternoon, evening, night things, we there's only so much we can then do, or, you know, we need to have made decisions prior to that to set ourselves up for success. So when we get into this situation where we have to make the tough decision. Oftentimes we just don't want to. Like Mm -hmm. decision fatigue is a very real thing and we can just be tired of making those decisions later in the day as opposed to if we sat down early in the week, early in the day and said, hey, these are the decisions that I am going to make and you already have that game plan laid out in terms of I am going to eat this from this restaurant because you've already looked up the menu ahead of time or you know that, at almost every restaurant, you'll be able to get a grilled chicken breast with steamed veggies or a side salad or something like that. Even if it's not on the menu, those decisions are pre made because you were proactive in thinking about it.
0: I can tell you straight up this I have a graduation party this Friday night, and usually Saturday night is mine and Mandy's free night where we mm-hmm. where we can go out we usually go out for having a beer or two and then we usually just go have a meal somewhere like there there's no rules to it but we also aren't like complete assholes through the whole thing the following weekend we have three graduation parties in the span of like 18 to 24 hours Jesus. right so there's a friday night there's going to be a pizza truck there beer music all the things the next morning there's uh for breakfast brunch, there's a graduation party, mimosa bar, Bloody Mary bar, coffee bar, yogurt bar. I think they're doing a waffle bar, or something else. And then that afternoon is another graduation party. So we hear this all the time on graduation parties, birthdays, uh, retirement parties, work parties, like the food's never great, right? People are having more and more better options. Um, so we have to know, like, we have those three parties plus, and again, that night if Manny and I decide to do anything together, we'll have a fourth meal there. Mm -hmm. Those are four, essentially moments where we're going to put in situations where we either have to say, screw it and just screw it all and just go, or we need to kind of pay attention to how we're eating. Right. Right. We don't play the game where it's matched with exercise. It's, it's just going to be what is. So we have to, we'll we'll probably end up picking two or two or three out of the four moments to eat well, Mm -hmm. or Mandy and I will move our, uh, our Saturday night to some other night uh, during the week or maybe even Sunday but we'll choose well on that one something, something that we have full control over more control over right, right? we're, we're going to shift our schedule around to make sure that it's adapted to what was happening we're preparing we're preparing for what's going to happen we've got some goals right now that we're doing with our accountability stuff so we got to make sure we're staying on track of that otherwise that weekend could really kind of like well why'd we, why did we why are we even trying right that'll, right. that'll demolish a person if they're not right. paying attention so that's that's a that's a big thing just like a personal example of This is two weeks out from now and I'm already Mm -hmm. preparing for it. Well, you (laughs) know,
1: yeah. Well, it's in like you said, it's easier to kind of think about that now for you guys and know like, okay, I know I have all these things within three parties within 48 hours. Okay, maybe we need to, you know, pre-plan and do like your night during the week before that even happens so you don't have to worry about it. Or maybe it's after, right? So we need to think about these things and the – further out we kind of get those on the radar, the further out you have more options available instead of it being, oh no, you know, the Tuesday, Thursday dinner situation where there was Taco Tuesdays and then it was Thursday and then there's a birthday party, right? When you're already in the thick of it, you're more inclined to kind of transfer into that all or nothing mindset and just say, screw it to all of it and just throw it all out the window setting yourself back from whatever goals you might have and in order to break that the ability to have that time to think about to plan to execute other options is just easier with more time available to you
0: i was just thinking about it right now we have the gym here don't care happy hour tomorrow
1: yep i so, thought about that this weekend actually yeah. when i was drinking <laughs> so we
0: have a gym here don't care happy hour for our unity members tomorrow where mm-hmm. tomorrow night just gonna go over to Bodega Bar, local bar here on the Cross, and we're just gonna hang out for an hour or two, hanging out with members. All the members are welcome to come join us and just kind of hang, get to see everybody outside of the gym. Mm-hmm. A little bit of a community building event um, that we're excited about, and we used to do often, um, and, and we're excited to get it back going again. Uh, just so just thinking about that, Rick. Right? That's another that's another one we're preparing for for tomorrow, um, and helping out with that. The uh, the other piece then, too, is is kind of thinking about, like, you have a goal. Like, we all have a major goal that we're after, weight loss or performance, whatever it is. So a lot of the stuff that we do on a day-to-day basis will add up to that long-term goal, too. And this is where I think people don't understand, like, the power of the day-to-day routine, activity, uh, just schedule, if you will. Where I talked earlier about the two ladies in here that are doing that challenge together. They have a weekly goal of four times in the gym three times a week 10,000 steps the other part of it is to get 10,000 steps if they don't make it into the gym that fourth time so whatever day they don't make it in the 10,000 steps they have to uh, drink at least uh, half their body weight in ounces of water each day they have to eat breakfast every day like there's there's very specific things that they have to do on a daily basis and then they're logging their food every day and then after week two they're reassessing they're sending in their stuff for us to us after week one and then after week two we're going to See if we need to change any of their macros and their custom nutrition stuff, but they they do daily and weekly goals that add up to their bigger goal of the six weeks. They have a goal of losing ten pounds apiece, I think, in these next six weeks. So they're going through what's called process goals, things that they have to do each day and each week that lead up to the outcome goal of lose X amount of pounds after ten week or after six weeks, which I think they both chose ten. Um, the other part of that. Staying on track thing is paying attention to what you need to do each day. Sometimes it's mm-hmm. just the daily battle. Sometimes that's all we have, and you just need to make sure you get your workout in four days a week. Or if you get your workout on that day, and it doesn't have to be an hour. Maybe it's only thirty minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, get my steps in that day. Get my water in. Get my protein in. Um, what am I? What is my daily movement? Am I getting enough vegetables in? Did I get my supplements in? Did I get my seven, eight, eight nine hours of sleep? Sometimes it is just is a daily battle. so and that's where I think if you focus on the little things like that, like the daily and the weekly victories, and you keep track of what you're doing on that, there's a lot of proud moments there to be proud of yourself, happy about yourself, which makes you more tuned and more likely to do it again um, and, and doing all that. And I think the other piece that I wanted to add to is I think sometimes that can get boring. I think sometimes mm-hmm. people get bored of that. So we need to create... Different incentives, different—I don't even know if I want to say rewards, but different pieces to create a little bit more uh, motivation behind it because it can be boring just doing that same thing over and over. Which is why I think people check out a lot too. Right. They just don't want to get that same routine. They're looking for something fresh and exciting.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think those like daily small tasks, like you said, aren't always mm-hmm. exciting. But I think the more that we can focus on the little wins, focus on oh, this is you know. At the end of the week when I do my, you know, reflection to see what's happening and what I did well, what I might be able to improve on, taking the time to really see like those small things and be like, oh, you know what? Like for the two weeks prior, like I was really struggling with protein, but I actually hit my protein every single day. And if you just have one day or if you don't write it down, you might not recognize or even realize how well you did on certain things. So I think sometimes taking the time to recognize the wins can help you keep going even in like those small kind of mundane tasks of the day to day.
0: Yeah, it's it's definitely something to look at. And that's where that gratitude piece came in. Like
1: mm-hmm. keep,
0: even keeping a little gratitude journal for all of these too to just help you feel good and get away, get away from that negative mindset, the negative thinking. A lot of that can go a long way, but there's so much there that we miss if we don't track and that's where we talked about it in episode eight last, last episode about the wearables. Like sometimes that wearable stuff, it's nice to look back and see that data mm-hmm. and see all that work that you put in. That's that's another piece. I don't think we really mentioned that um, specifically last week of a positive for those, but that's a really nice thing to kind of look back and see all that you've done and you can look back. Like I could still look back at my whoop from that Spartan race, that first one I ever did three and a half years ago and saw it was like at a 25 for right. for me that day. Right. And it's still like my all time high. Yeah. Like, just crazy high. Like, geez, and then my heart rate was, like, at the 182, and, like, the, my, my heart rate's not even supposed to go that high, right? And it still did. Um, so just kind of seeing those stats, like, I can still look back, and now I'm talking about it now. Mm-hmm. I can be proud of that moment and remember, like, very specifically about how that day, almost minute to minute of what happened, um, where we can look back on the journey and kind of be proud of those moments and be appreciative of those moments. But that's how you stay on track and how you use the short-term stuff to build into the long-term stuff and you might need to change your long-term things. You might need to change how you're doing it from time to time just to keep things fresh and keep you motivated Mm -hmm. but ultimately, you still need to stay disciplined. You can't just... Because you just don't like eating vegetables all the time doesn't mean you can't eat salads or eat vegetables. Like You still have to find ways to eat those and stay disciplined on that Uh, because you're getting bored of the recipes that you're eating all the time. Doesn't mean you necessarily need an entirely new recipe but you could simply just look up a damn new recipe as well or maybe try grilling your chicken instead of baking it all the time, right? Yeah. Just a little, a small thing. Yes, a little thing like that will be what you need to do to keep things fresh and entertaining again. and and it'll it'll go a long way, mm-hmm. long way.
1: Agreed. Yeah, it's, it's oftentimes we spend so much energy trying to. Do this massive thing and reinvent the wheel, and all we might need to do, like you said, is grill our chicken instead of bake our chicken, yep. and it it's a whole new meal, yes. right? And that's just one example, but small small things can be also the game changer when we're looking to like continue that motivation and continue that uh, taking action towards those goals.
0: Mm-hmm. So main topic,
1: yeah, diving into the best recovery methods. You want to kick it off?
0: Huh best recovery methods. Here's the thing. When it comes to the best recovery methods, the any supplement out there that says they're going to help you recover, be less sore, any tool out there that says they're going to help you be less sore, reduce soreness, help boost recovery, any pill, any magic powder, potion, any uh, Normatec even on that end, like they will all help, but if you are not sleeping, efficiently. I'm not even going to say as long as you should be because we'll talk about this we'll talk about sleep in in a minute. But if 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 you're not sleeping like you should, then nothing else will really do what it's supposed to do, right? If we're not eating like we should, supplements won't do what they're supposed to do. Supplements are, are nutrition without calories. They help us fill the gaps that we can't do with food alone. They help us fill the gaps in the nutrition. These recovery tools help us fill the gaps that we can't quite polish up with sleep. So sleep is first. If you're not sleeping, it's the ultimate ultimate recovery tool. It's how our body recovers, it's how it resets, it's how it regenerates, it's how it mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, sleep. It all happens with sleep. So if yeah. we're not sleeping through quality, efficient sleep, you can forget everything else at the moment. So that has to be that has to be a priority. Aside from that, there's a lot of great recovery methods that we can work on and do. <laughs> We can talk about saunas, we can talk about massage, we can talk about NormaTex, we can talk about foam rolling, we can talk about recovery workouts or recovery walks. We can talk about nutrition. Uh, some of my favorite things, like I'll be sitting on the recovery. I'll be sitting on the Normatex probably during our team meeting today or shortly after Afterwards. Um, my legs are shot. Um, but I also slept. Well last night I plan on sleeping very well tonight, uh, eating very well, drinking a lot of water, doing the right things, right? So like I'm just making sure like when I'm doing the things uh, and the recovery methods, uh, that they're just they're just amplifying what I'm already able to do.
1: Right. I, I like what you said in terms of the supplements and nutrition and then the sleep and all the other modalities, right? Where if we're not eating vegetables and protein and all those big rocks that we know work, supplements aren't going to help as much as they could or maybe not really at all, kind of depending on what else we are doing, right? but the same goes for sleep if we're trying to find all of these could be a supplement could be a modality in terms of like the norm attacks or anything like that those won't help as much as sleep so we need to invest that time into quality and effective sleep again we don't need to get into like quantity that's a whole other debate but quality sleep is first and foremost. So when we're thinking quality sleep, right, the ability to bring our body into that REM sleep, slowing down the heart rate, allowing our body to fully recover in deep sleep, uh, setting up our environment to facilitate that, right? So things such as reducing screens prior to bed, eliminating blue lights prior to bed, dark room, cold room, uh, I think it's sixty eight. Sixty eight or less. Sixty eight
0: or less, right? Um I think sixty to sixty eight is like the ideal type but I think it's sixty eight or less. Yeah.
1: Um so all of those types of things can help making sure, you know, for me, eating before bed is a big one. Like I won't sleep well if I eat very close to bedtime. Um throwback to our episode last week also on the wearables, learned that from Whoop. Um but all of those things, like We will get so much more out of focusing on those instead of investing all of our time and energy into trying to make up for the lack of sleep, essentially, is what ends up happening when all we needed to do in the first place was just sleep better, more efficiently.
0: I think the stat is a third of our life is lived in sleep. I think that's, I think it's like Good 30, 33%, 30, 33, 30, 33%. I can't remember what it is, right? And that's typically, I think a quarter of that is spent in our own bed. Mm-hmm. So making sure that you have everything you can at your house set up for a nighttime routine, a bedtime routine to set yourself up for that is essential, but also having a quality bed, right? That comes down to the pill. It comes down to the sheets, come down to the temperature, the uh, the light source, like what you're doing. I mean, everything's got to be dialed in, and you have to figure out what works best for you in that. And it could change. It could change. I think we went through nine pillows three years ago to figure out which one I liked the best. And now our guest bed has five or six different pillows that the guests can choose from. Uh, All different. And I ended up going with one that I found worked best for me and helped me get better sleep, turned me into a side sleeper again, which ultimately boosted my sleep, which I found out from Whoop. Mm -hmm. And then Mandy, I was gone for a weekend. She picked up my pillow to use it, she got better sleep, so she went and bought out the same pillow, and then we both had the same pillow. So then we ended up having another pillow that put in that guest bed because she had another <laughs> another one too, right? So uh, we did a lot of different things. Our next one of our next investments for us is to get a new mattress and and do one that kind of helps. I I like things uh, more firm and colder. She likes things she likes things softer and warm and hot. So very contrasting things. So We're we'll probably have to get some of those fancy beds, the
1: split ones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do all
0: that different stuff, right? Which will be fine. Like I'll love it. Um, but we we found that out just through stuff by tracking, keeping track, and focusing on it. And I noticed when I focused on my sleep and really took that into heart when I was training for these Spartan races. That was my whole goal. I'm like I better work on my sleep. Then, not only did my results in the gym get better. I also got away from like another another cafe, like another cup of coffee during the day. Like mm-hmm. I noticed all of a sudden I'm down to like two cups, three like three cups, then two cups. And now I'm if I go over three it's just because I'm just say screw it, I just want to. but typically <laughs> right. I'm two a day. Uh, two caffeine drinks a day, two coffees a day. Um, but I, I used to be more than that. Sleep got better, that got better, workouts got better. I recovered better, I was able to train harder. like everything got better when my sleep got better, which I thought was pretty pretty freaking cool. So, um, I never valued sleep growing up. I thought it was kind of like, oh, I'll sleep when I'm dead type of thing. So, I would stay up till 2 or 3 in the morning, get up at like 6, 7 o'clock and just be white. Like, I can get an energy drink in 2 or 3 times a day just to get through it, right? I did this whole thing in college. My roommates and my friends were like, I don't know how you do it. I'm like, yeah, it doesn't matter it's just how things are done. And now I'm like, you idiot. Like, if I would have just focused on the sleep slip. back then, like, how much better would I have been at school? How much better would I have, like, felt? <laughs> you know, like yeah. everything else. But it's not what I did. I played video games i partied like a typical college kid right but even freshman sophomore junior year like i play video games till one two in the morning wake up for the seven forty-five calculus class that i failed the first time i took right just or deed right? and i retook to get a better grade but sleep is major and at all the good things that we're good at out there for recovery now pill supplement modality that are so good like i love the normatex i know you do mm-hmm. too I love awesome. the Normatex. They feel like a million bucks after them. They are part of my weekly routine. They're a compression massage, for those of you that don't know. Um, I love foam rolling. I love deep breathing. I love doing a ramp. Uh, I love just getting out and doing a little bit of a walk, or getting a little bit of like minor sweat going on. Um, I like a sleep multiplier, uh, one of my favorite supplements of all time, for helping me sleep better at night and getting deep sleep. But none of those matter if my sleep is not good. So as good as all of those are, if my sleep's poor those won't be as good as I need them to be. And the same thing is for you. So we need to prioritize that part of it. And and then we can take advantage of all of the great technology and research that's out there with all these other research tools or recovery tools.
1: Right. I think that's just it. Like, we can't fully take advantage of those if we're not sleeping adequately. If we're not sleeping efficiently, if we're not getting that quality sleep, we just can't take advantage of all the other things, right? It's kind of like we talked about in um, our warm-up section in the beginning of this episode like the warm-up is that foundation for the rest of the workout sleep is the foundation for the rest of that recovery everything else stacks on top of it in terms of we need that base and without it we're just constantly that step or two or three behind on the rest of our day.
0: It's a good analogy. It's a good analogy. Sleep is one of the most metabolic moments that you'll be in all day as well. Like you are very, very metabolic when you sleep. Um, You're actually probably more metabolic than just sitting here listening to this or whatever you're doing. Um, You burn calories while you sleep. You mobilize fat while you sleep. You recover tissues while you sleep. Um, Unfortunately, all that other work can make you a little bit more vulnerable to like lymph node wise and immune system wise which is usually if we get sick which is why we wake up in the morning sick because our body resets all that stuff and that's when it kind of kicks in but that's that's how our body recovers regenerates does all that stuff and that's also how your hormones for the most part are regulated aside from a few but specifically like we talked about like testosterone estrogen cortisol um some of them are lifestyle based like we can talk about insulin and food and all the other stuff too but Um, Hormones are regulated and controlled best through deep sleep. And if we're not getting that deep sleep, we can kind of forget about anything we want those hormones to do, which are very valuable in terms of your performance and fat loss goals, Um, especially fat loss goals, Mm -hmm. major, major fat loss goals. Um, So without getting too uh, endocrinology-ish about this, sleep is also how the hormones are regulated and reset. So, sure. super valuable if you care about anything about your health and fitness, by the way.
1: Right. Well, to touch on the fat loss thing, too, like and also the hormones, without getting too into the science, like our hormones that regulate, regulate our appetite are reset and influenced highly by sleep. Good so, point. when we're at a sleep deficit, we're more likely to overeat, we're more likely to crave those salty, fatty, high-calorie foods. So, if we are trying to stay in a calorie deficit, an easy way... Or, a simple way, I should say, to just make that easier is to sleep and have those hormones be regulated kind of throughout the day as we go.
0: We can find research on this that shows what Emily just said for both parts. The research that shows the lack of sleep craves more of like the sugar, the. Your body knows it needs this energy, right? right. So then your willpower is just not high recharged. High calorie foods. High calorie foods, yeah. There you go. Uh, high cal- calorie dense foods over nutrition dense foods. Mm-hmm. When we're tired, fatigued, sore, uh, drained, that's what we want, right? We don't feel good. We just want to feel good. And Sometimes right. those foods uh, make us feel good. Unfortunately, uh, the other part of that is Emily was saying there's research out there, and again, we'll find this and post it. Um, doing better at getting that re- references out there, <laughs> um, but it shows that like the more you sleep, the less likely you are. The 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 uh, how does that work? It was a twofold thing I was thinking of there. There's the more the better. The more you sleep, the better your weight loss goals are because you're eating less, because you're sleeping more. Um, Obviously, from that part we just said, like, you're not drained and tired, but it also, uh, you're more regular, like, on a schedule all the way through, Mm -hmm. like, a structure, like a routine that that you don't eat as much either. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was, was like, a twofold thing. There was, like, what you crave and then also just in terms of, like, the person that sleeps more is also just more functionally uh, going towards that health route
1: right yeah you just have that moment to like reset as opposed to your example in terms of like staying up till two three in the morning like you might get hungry after dinner i mean i would certainly hope you probably get hungry after dinner but if you're already sleeping at that point then we don't have to worry about it because you're sleeping and then you Mm -hmm. wake up in the morning and you eat breakfast um especially and obviously there are cases if you just had a child which i have not personally experienced but i know from having three younger siblings Often sleep schedules uh, get totally thrown off, right? So we understand that there are outside circumstances that might, you know, obviously take precedent in this. But when we're staying up till, you know, even midnight for pretty much no reason except for a really good show on Netflix, perhaps there's a better use of our time as we're pursuing a health and fitness goal that will get us there a little bit easier or a little bit more smoothly instead of kind of working against ourselves in that way.
0: We know that there's people listening to this right now that are like, "Well, I've tried doing all that and I still sleep like poop." I don't know why I had a southern accent in that, but I did. <laughs> and and I or I wake up in the night all the time or uh like they'll they'll say several things, right? So what can we do really quickly as we end this episode? You talked about all those tips earlier about how to set your bed up, how to set your room up, how to kind of get that nighttime routine built. I still think it really values, like people should value that nighttime routine. Like when you wake up in the morning, typically, whether you are aware of it or not, we, we all follow a pretty structured routine of how we wake up. Um, we should go to bed in the same way.
1: For sure. Agreed.
0: So you said 68 or less. Yep. We should close... Or turn off, try to have no screen, no TV, no screen time an hour before bed. Mm-hmm. We should try to block out the blue light stuff. So if you are on your screen, blue light glasses or do blue light filters, um, which Samsung calls, I think Apple calls it a blue light filter, right? Um, Sam, Samsung calls theirs the eye comfort shield. <laughs> so not <laughs> a blue Apples, light
1: Apple's is just a night, is night shift.
0: Night shift, there you go.
1: Or if you have a Mac... dot lux is a really good one because that will literally turn your screen red like straight red I can take out all blue light Yeah,
0: so those will block most of blue lights that will help your brain register sleep Mm -hmm. um, and and not be so active blue light can just make it active Um, you should not eat anything uh, very dense like you shouldn't eat a big meal an hour before bed if you have a little snack an hour before bed that's usually fine Uh, probably not trying to catch up on all of your water right before bed Right? So most of your water should be drank in the morning, uh, a.m., first mm-hmm. half of the day. Most, like, sixty two thirds to three-quarters of your water should probably be drank in, like, the first half of your day. Um, what are some other things? We want to get, like, the night, the blackout. Like, try to have your room blackout. Blacked, yep. Get the right pillows, the bed, uh, all that other stuff. Try to have your body kind of decompress. A lot of times mm-hmm. doing a journal or reading, like, an actual book, like a, like an yeah. actual book. Um, journaling, gratitude journal, or just diary, like something like that before bed, helps your brain kind of calm down and get to a, a state that can help you get to deep sleep. You can try some sleep supplements to help with that. Melatonin's not necessarily great long term, especially and like more than five grams isn't milligrams or whatever it is per serving isn't great either. It can it can kind of mess up some hormone stuff potentially. So doing that long term isn't the best either. Um, what am I missing here, i'm
1: um, I can't believe we haven't said this one yet, but going to bed and waking up, trying to do that at the same time, I every single day. I actually thought about
0: that earlier when you were talking Like, oh, we got to get the regular schedule. <laughs> yeah. Duh.
1: Having, I was like, we were going through that whole list. I was like, we mm-hmm. haven't said that. But trying to have that regular schedule is huge where your body will start to recognize like, oh, I know we're going to bed around 9 p.m., right around eight o'clock like your body will automatically as you kind of are accustomed to this routine start to increase production of melatonin just natural uh natural from the body not via the supplements that jordan was talking about but and then same thing with waking up right you will get a lot more benefit from that sleep when it comes at a regulated time i know there's research on sleeping from uh for example like 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. is way different than sleeping from, like, midnight to 4 a.m., mm-hmm. even though it's, like, those two four-hour chunks are totally different. Um, and not to say you should sleep four hours. I know we haven't really talked about quality or quantity of sleep, um, but recognizing, like, hey, if we can get to sleep around those same times, uh, day in and day out, there's a lot more benefit to that as well in terms of routine, habit, et cetera.
0: You could be also somebody who's more of a night owl or a morning bird, so you kind of have to tailor it to that. Obviously, your schedule and your work life, your lifestyle dictates a lot of this. Mm-hmm. But when you go to the bed at the same time, wake up at the same time, and almost make sure that you're doing that for quality and quantity, you're almost forcing your own biological, like your circadian rhythm. You're almost, you're almost kind of creating your own influence through that. The only way that we could actually do and see what your actual circadian rhythm is like a natural being like for you to do that is basically to live in a cave a blackout cave no light for like 10 days i think it is something like that because it takes a few days to register and then it takes like four or five days to get it in and you have to kind of vlog everything when you'd wake up and you can actually create your own circadian rhythm through that and see what your natural one is but you can kind of force it too if you need to Mm -hmm. um somebody who used to just be a night owl and, and hate waking up in the morning love waking up in the morning now I can tell you from being at parties, weddings, uh, graduation parties, events, 8, 8.30 rolls around and I start having a couple of yawns and I'm like, Ooh, it's gotta be about 8.30 and I look yeah. and it's like 8.17. I'm like, Oh boy. And we still got four hours, you know? Right. And it's like, maybe I'll grab a cup of coffee right now, like half a cup. But, <laughs> um, the, uh, the body will start responding to that. Talk really quick, Em, about quantity because... We know seven to nine hours of sleep is is valuable. Right. Eight to nine would be even better. Right. But a lot of times people gauge that on how long they're in bed.
1: Correct. So a lot of times where quantity can go astray is as just what Jordan said, where you're like, oh, I laid down in bed at 10 and then I got out of bed at 6, right? That's eight hours. But were you sleeping that entire eight hours? Probably not, right? So... One thing kind of to tie back into our wearables discussion where those can be sometimes helpful is to say like, oh, you were in bed for like for me, I know it takes in bed time closer to like eight hours to sleep like seven and a half. Like I always have like a 20 minute kind of wind down period. So I know if I want to have, you know, eight hours of sleep, I have to be in bed personally for closer to eight and a half, 8.45, somewhere in there, right? Counting in all those like two minute wake up in the middle of the night, roll over, et cetera, right? Like those minutes start to add up throughout the course, which again, I know this from tracking it, but recognizing, hey, even if we're not tracking it, being in bed and being asleep are two different things. So we want to shoot for that seven to nine, eight to nine uh, range, but give ourselves that buffer time to wind down, maybe read a book, just lay there with your eyes closed before you go to sleep. And then the wake up period where you might not spring out of bed first thing at your alarm. It might be, oh, I was in bed till six, but I really was awake at 540 or 545, whatever the, the timing of that might be for you.
0: Yeah, so it's just kind of taking into consideration what time you're actually, and again, I didn't know this without wearables either. This was one of the big things that Whoop, I specifically bought the Whoop and invested in Whoop for my health and fitness for recovery purposes, like strictly solely for that. Everything else was kind of just a cool perk. But I think when I first got Whoop, I can look back in the data, but I think I was average averaging like 13 or 14 disturbances a night, mm-hmm. which is which is pretty high. Um, when I stopped tracking, when I got rid of my whoop last winter, I think I was averaging eight or nine, seven or eight or nine, something like that, right. which is pretty good. Yeah. That's, that's, that's kind of average-ish. average ish. And I only remember waking up maybe two, two or three times out of the night. Like I don't remember, I don't, I don't recall physically or, uh, consciously aware of like those disturbances, but those are pretty normal. Like we, we have a lot of those things that happen at mm-hmm. night. So. Um, tracking the time that you're actually asleep and making sure that that quality of sleep is a very nice... Night- like, it's hard to do that without a wearable, mm-hmm. and the wearables aren't 100%, but they still tell us a good story. that That is why I wanted wearables, and I'm almost right. thinking... Mandy was just talking yesterday, my wife, and, and saying, hey, I think I'm going to get the Whoop 4.0. Like, I've got some big goals. I feel good about this. I want to see my dad I want to see my tracking, and I kind of miss that part of it. She's got a cool mm-hmm. Garmin watch that does a lot of cool things but the whoop does a little bit more um which brings up the idea she's like why doesn't whoop just do steps I'm like that's a great i know yeah. it doesn't yeah and if they you think that'd be pretty simple technology like yeah. whoop, just do steps like if you're listening whoop i know you're not but if you are just do steps <laughs> just right? throw a
1: step counter and i know they
0: probably have a phenomenal reason why they don't want to right? right they're not a step counter right they're an activity tracker um but it would be it would be so simple like i feel like it'd be mm-hmm. too easy Anyway, I thought about doing that again just to kind of track and kind of see, like, I want to dial in my performance. Like, I'm kind of going more towards a performance, like, almost like physical fitness goal again. Like, mm-hmm. aesthetics and performance and, like, right, there's a lot of things. Um, but to help make sure that I stay on track this summer when I can fall off track with my bees, my, my beers, burgers, and barbecues. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's what kills me in the summer. Um, the boot might help me be more, more on tune regardless of what the recovery says like if it says like hey jordan you you slept like a piece of crap last night your recovery's is a two i'll still do whatever i want to do the next day like you right. and i talked about that but
1: then you know like we talked about earlier tracking the data
0: exactly just kind of looking at through some of the aspects of it um but yeah the the the, the bringing this back home really quick before we're before we're wrapping up is you can look to see like your disturbances your deep sleep your REM your your uh uh, all the types of sleep there, how quickly you fall asleep, how many disturbances you had, and you can kind of build a, you can build a pattern off of that. You can use the data to build a pattern. But the sleep is important for your recovery thing. It'll help you get the most out of your massage guns, your re, your recovery tools of Normatex, um, your recovery drinks, like all that other stuff. Those don't do quite as much if your sleep's poor. You can't, you we we can't out train a bad diet. We can't sleep. I don't want to say this. We can't, we can't out-sleep. We can't oh, train a, a bad diet. You can't
1: train a bad diet. to be you can't out-recover poor sleep. Yeah. Would be yeah. what we're there saying. Yeah,
0: there go. Can't train a bad diet. You can't out-recover poor sleep patterns, yeah. poor sleep routine. So it's just the way it is. That might be one of our Unity posts coming up soon. <laughs> um, and, and, and this is coming from me personally, and I think Emily's on this boat too, love recovery tools, like mm-hmm. love how they help me feel better and, and do those things. But I know if I'm not recovering, sleeping well, after a big workout week or something like that and my joints start to feel a little bit more and my muscles are still achy in the weekends like i need to prioritize sleep right there's there's not a recovery drink or text in the world that can help me get out of that besides the sleep
1: yeah you're just always two steps behind you're just fighting to get ahead the entire time yeah so all right i i think that's all we have
0: it should be wanted
1: to talk about we've that was a cool episode that was fun talking for a while yeah an
0: hour and hour and change (laughs) yeah so that was a good episode. I didn't know. I didn't think this one was going to go longer than like 45, 50 minutes. But it was good.
1: Here we are. Yeah, here
0: we are. So, guys, as always, thank you for paying attention and listening, and and hopefully we we kept you entertained for uh, this hour plus. Um, it went fast for us. Went very fast for us. Um, now I'm looking at the clock. I'm like, oh, it's very fast. It's yeah, like we I, gotta, go. I got a lot of stuff to do. <laughs> um, but however you're listening, wherever you're listening, we appreciate it. If there's anything that we we can cover for you, let us know. We are super excited in the coming episodes here to kind of wrap up season one for a temporary hiatus and then bring back season two with guests and and really a new focus. Not even a new focus, just more, just more, right? But just taking a little breather to kind of make sure we're on track of what we ultimately want this to be and getting the guests involved and and getting this new season started uh, sooner rather than later. But uh, we're really, really happy with what season one has done. But if there's anything, again, that what we can do to help you more, let us know.
1: Yeah. As always, thank you guys so much for tuning in, and we will catch you in next week's episode. Bye, everybody.
0: Cheers, guys.